You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. This is podcast episode number 1084. As a business owner, it's important to know the ins and the outs of corporate law and business law. And as an attorney with over 20 years of experience, I've invited Joan Ohashi to come here and share some of the answers that he has to some of your questions. John, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Hi, Rick. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you here in the studio. John and I have known each other for quite some time. I'm excited to have him on the program. Before we get into the type of law, and I've read the tease a little bit, but maybe we can start with a little reflection about you. Think back to all those years ago, John, and what got you interested in law and business law? Wow. Getting me interested in law at... uh Beginning, I started in UCLA. I was very socially conscious at the time. I, I this was uh, in the '80s, and and issues like affirmative action and and things that uh, which seemed monumental to me. You know, uh, constitutional law, uh, how you could use the the power of the law to to get things done, was really exciting to me. And so I thought, well, that that would be a great place to go. Uh, so I got into law with the idea of of, of doing that kind of uh, work. Um, and once you get into law school and, and afterwards you want to figure out what it is you want to do with your career, what you want to do with your life. And it turns uh-huh. out that, as I tell um, others, that uh, what, what you end up doing in law is sometimes a reflection of what your first job is. What do you mean? <laughs> okay. You know, as opposed to what it is you want to be, it's it's whatever that first job is that's offered to you. Okay, okay. And, what your way into the profession. Yes, yeah. right. And after my, uh, I, you know, I, I, I did well in some classes uh, but then I, I, I did really well in business, tax, securities. Wow. And so I said, okay, great. And I, and I had an entree to a, a law firm, a, a corporate law firm uh, in Orange County that, uh, that asked me to come down uh, as a summer clerk. And I, and I worked there. And they liked me enough. They, they made me an offer to, to come back. Mm-hmm. And so that's what started my uh, journey uh, into uh, uh, corporate and business law. That's interesting. And I heard undergrad at UCLA. Yes. And your law degree is? Uh, UC Davis. UC Davis. Okay. Yes. Awesome. Both very good schools. Congratulations, oh, John. Thank you. Let's talk about the fact that not only are you a practicing professional attorney lawyer, you're also an entrepreneur and business owner yourself. Sure. Well, every, you know, as a, as a sole practitioner now, uh, you know, small firm, I've uh, got to be. Right. Uh, you know, I don't, can't rely on a firm. Uh, you know, when I worked for law firms, it was, you know, the work was segregated, right? You could always uh, have, uh, well, I, I worked, when I first, the uh, first firm I, I worked with, you know, I the, the senior partner was very established, very, a, a good guy, uh, you know, growing a firm. And we had this conversation about what does it take to grow a firm? How do you, you know, how do you, how do you make it bigger? And, and he said, look, John, I could always go out and hire somebody to come down here and crank work. But it's the guy that's going to go out there and source business and, and bring it in and, and network. And, and that's the guy that I want. That's the value. Okay. He's my future partner. Wow. And so I thought, wow, okay, <laughs> that sure makes a lot of sense to me. So uh, uh, I, I really, I, I've, I've always kept that in mind. Right. I, I think we saw that in the Great Recession, John, that um, those professionals, whether they be attorneys or CPAs or whatever, who were good 
technical skills but didn't have their own book of business, they were the first to be at risk when when times got tough within these larger firms. Oh, they got beat up. I okay. they got the boot. They did. They said, <laughs> "So show in the door." Right. All right. right. So so tell me about the niche that you focus on in in your practice. What what type of firms do you work with, and who do you help? Oh, okay, sure. Uh, business lot encompasses uh, I mean, the whole range, middle uh, middle level. I have some large multinational corporate clients. Uh-huh, right. But to me, my niche and where I really enjoy the practice is with the startup entrepreneur. Why? Uh, the excitement, the energy. Okay. Uh, unique, you know, challenges and, and, and issues of uh, of startups. It's a, it's just a very different kind of a world. Right. Uh, very raw, huh? Very. It's street. Right. You know, uh, if you start Fighting practice, for survival. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you, you practice in, 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 you know, in large law firm practices where, I mean, I've done that. I mean, when I, I worked for a while in West Los Angeles, Beverly Hills with a firm, uh, business law, but we did things. Uh, they had large clients. I think the Home Depot was one of their, one mm-hmm. of their clients to help them expand in the western United States. But but things like, uh, uh, you know, offering uh, circulars, uh, uh, private placement memorandums, SEC filings, mm-hmm. those are all things that are for business law, but it's really sort of a very academic, heady type of a practice. You know, it's sort of, it's ivory tower. Okay. Uh, working with entrepreneurs, it's, it's like being in the weeds. Uh-huh. So it's, uh, it's just, it's, you know, it's more earthier, it's more fun. So how do you find these early stage entrepreneurs? How, how, what are you doing to bring them, other than being here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, right. John? Thank okay. you. Yes. Well, I, I find that I, I like to be among them. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's how I started the practice. Uh, you know, I, 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 when in the, in the early 90s, uh, you know, the, the Great Recession of 92, 93 yes. just decimated uh, law firms left and right. And, and then in our case, you know, the firm dissolved and we went our separate ways. Um, and I thought, wow, I, you know, I mean, if you've ever been in a situation where you, at whatever type of job, and you get laid off and you had no control over it, you, you know, it's, it's just like a totally below average experience, right? Yes. So, uh I never wanted that to happen again, and so I said, well, now's the time. Okay, I've been in this for a few years. Let's start okay. up a practice. Okay. And the conventional wisdom at the time was that, uh, well, you should go sublease from a, an existing law firm, and then that way, if, if they have any leftover work, they could feed it to you. Alternatively. Yeah. Convenient. Right, or if you have uh, uh, an expertise that will help them, they, they can refer clients to you. But And, and I, I spoke with various law firms about doing that, but it, it just, quite frankly, wasn't, wasn't very appealing, you know, to be back in that law firm environment. So... What I did was I went out and got a space in a, in a floor, an office building, very much like this one, okay. where a floor where you're surrounded by businesses, and and it turns out there was only one other attorney in the building. <laughs> so I you know I location 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 oh, amazing yeah so I, I I got space there, and then I started hanging out with the entrepreneurs. You know we go out to lunch, uh, go out to uh, you know just or just have conversations, and and so. It was just a very different environment than being in a law firm. You know, in law firms, it's a lot of, of the practice of law is about risk management. Right. And how do you manage this risk? Right. You know, how do you protect somebody? On the flip side, you go and you hang out with entrepreneurs, and it, and they're very comfortable with risk. Right. Risk is risk is what the, you know drives them. And adrenaline so, junkies. Right. right. Exactly. And and so their focus is well, how do we establish this business? How do we grow it? How do we look forward? Right. You know, in many ways, you know. Well, and the practice of law is sort of looking backwards at times, but but the entrepreneur was all about looking forward, growth, growth, and it was intoxicating. It was sure. it was a lot of fun, and and so, and I found that I had to uh, learn business. 
you know, and to be able to communicate with them properly, I had to really be able to, to learn business, uh, and which I picked up from them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, you know, and just try to just get smarter because as lawyers, you know, we say, you know, young lawyers come out, you know, they, they know a lot about love, but they don't know diddly squat about business. <laughs> so I thought I better get up to speed real right. quick. Because so I was very fortunate then, right? Oh, it was amazingly fortunate. Right. Sometimes I, luck plays a role in our careers, doesn't oh, it, John? I think it's sometimes better to be lucky than good. Right. Okay, right and let me, right just, just very quickly, you know, if I can give you an example. Yeah, please do. Okay, so, uh, all right, so I'm, I'm trying to start up a practice. I'm, I'm looking through my Rolodex. I'm running out of people to call, uh, you know, networking to do. So, and I get a call. Um, it's from an international airline. And they had just, they flew from Seattle to Asia, and they had just moved their offices to LAX. So uh, they, they were tasked, once they moved to LAX, the general manager had tasked one of their admins to go out and find us a lawyer. So the admin went out to the lobby of the building, looked and said, <laughs> Ohashi, law, and, and called me up and said, how would you be interested in, in doing work for, for this company? We're an international uh, you know, airline. And, and I, had, you know, I had to pinch myself at first, but then I thought for about you know, 30 seconds and said, sure, I, 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 I should be able to help you. Wow, that is a really lucky building I, you're in, John. <laughs> I, I tell it that, yeah. That's like, awesome. Yeah, that, right. that was luck. That is luck. And you still have them today. Absolutely. Well, uh, that's, it's 25 that's custom, years later. It's and, customer service. Yeah. And it's nice to have an anchor account like that, I'm sure. Oh, it, it's wonderful. Not only that, to get upgrades on airlines to, oh, okay. to Asia. Now, now, you're just rubbing, <laughs> now you're just rubbing it in. All right, John, we're going to take our first and only break. So loyal listeners on the radio show, you know this is like a 30-second something that, that's from me. I, I also know that you're you're giving back by teaching at night and teaching students, and I'm wondering if we could have a conversation about what you're observing in your student population as the millennials come through law school. Sure. All right. I I don't think you're going to miss this, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about that with John after this word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime of the day or night on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have been on our show. John Ahashi is going to put our show on his website. And uh, since we started in 2009 with our show, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream here on octalkradio.net, the podcast that I talked about, and the other channels like YouTube, because we're actually streaming this live on Critical Mass's Facebook page and other platforms, and it'll be up on YouTube shortly. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly shows with great guests like John Ohashi. Okay, before the break, I said you were going to tell us a little bit about what you're observing. So first of all, tell us where you teach and what you teach, and then we'll get into the millennial stories. Oh, yeah. I'm an uh, adjunct professor at West State College of Law in Irvine. Uh-huh. I uh, moved down from Fullerton a, a, a few years ago, and so now we're down by the spectrum. Okay. 
And how long have you been teaching? Well, I've been teaching uh, about 10 years. Okay. Uh, I've, te- I've taught a couple of classes. One is advising entrepreneurs. That's uh, trying to teach uh, uh, lawyers or young you know, or law students how to work with startup clients. Okay, so you're using your experience. Then. Oh, absolutely. And and I, I look at it as uh, not just teaching students, but I try to be very practical to try and treat them as though they're first year associates. You know, try to give them oh, some wow. skills okay. so that they are actually you know, valuable to to someone that hires them. Uh-huh. You know, and you know, I hate to say it, start building from day one. You right. know? So, so so what's that class kind of look like? Like, I mean, is it is it case study? What do you what do you no. do with these guys? Oh no, ladies? no, no, not at all. I, I I bring in the practice to the classroom. Okay. Uh, a lot of the a lot of scenarios that we work with are actual uh, case studies of so real life, ongoing. Absolutely. Uh, right now, though, I'm I'm teaching corporate finance and accounting for lawyers. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a little different. It's, it's a long story how that happened, but but uh, I'm you know helped out the law school to help them teach a class, and then. But for some reason, the class is, uh, is picked up in popularity, and, and who would ever thunk it? You <laughs> but know? it sounds dry as hell. Oh, my God. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's not, obviously. Well, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to, again, I'm trying to use the, the mindset of, of trying to make the class practical. Okay. Um, as opposed to, you know, just, just being academic, you know, that one well, mumble jumble that, that students learn, and then right after the final exam, pull the, pull the handle and flush it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, try to make it useful and, and worthwhile. Well, for them to uh, you know for their uh, for their upcoming legal careers. Okay. So before we were, when we were meeting before we were just kind of talking. You were saying you're you're noticing sort of a trend or at least a, a, an appearance of a trend in the interest of the millennials that are in your class. Can you sure with our audience? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, it just it, well uh, the. the in some of the recent classes, uh, the when I say millennials, I'm talking about the younger millennials now. You know, they're 23, 25. Right. Uh, you know, unlike you know the in the the older millennials, uh, you know, I'd say three, four years ago, they they didn't seem that interested. They they were taking the class just to get the units. Which just, class are we talking about? Uh, corporate finance and okay. accounting. You know, they okay. would take the class, get the units, and see if they can just yeah whatever you know. Yeah, but they didn't seem really interested in the subject matter, and it was it was just very you know, I guess it was dry, and I would just talk about, you know, there's one, there's one topic where we start talking about uh, valuation of stock, you mm. know, how do you value it, you know, current discount value of cash flows, and just all the usual academic dry stuff, right? right. And then one of the students uh, just recently raised his hand and said, yeah, what, what, what? Uh, professor, how, how do you make money? And I said, well, what, what do you mean? You know, because this sounds like an incredibly naive question, right? How do you make money? And I thought maybe it's like pulling my leg or something. But he was dead serious. Okay. You know, and then and as we as I explored it, it was clear that these students, you know, really didn't have a concept of entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurial. Hmm. uh, Because I asked the student, I said, okay, well, let me give you uh, ask a basic question. When you, uh, you know, if you want to make money selling a product, do you? Okay, so you have a product, you buy low and you sell. And really, there silence. Was no call and response to that. Silence. Wow. Yeah. No, no. I said, no, no. You buy low, you sell high. And it's like, wow, whoa. You know, I mean, you know, and I'm not exaggerating. It was almost that type of reaction. And so, uh, I felt that it was, you know, with, at least with this group. I think in the earlier millennials, they were never raised in a growth environment. Right. You know? Yeah. They were in a, I don't That's know. That's probably true, the recession. And, right. Yeah. Between 08, 09, and then maybe in 2013 and, and forward, it, it was pretty tough. Right. You know, it was tough for us lawyers, you know. Right. I mean, so I'm, I'm sure for law students, it was just absolutely brutal. But uh, so so the students are asking, so, Professor, how do, you, how do you make money? And 
And so we, I felt it was important to now get into, at least spend some time, maybe a couple of weeks a semester, talking about entrepreneurship, uh, analyzing businesses, you know, looking at entrepreneurs, startups, uh-huh. uh, how do they make money, you know, what are the things you look for in analyzing a business. And this is practical knowledge. Oh, then. Absolutely. Just, you know, just absolutely practical. Just okay. trying to get the idea. Are you stretching the, the syllabus a little bit to include this in, in a job? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am. And I, and, and I want to thank the, I want to thank Dean Keller for allowing me to do so. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, because, uh, quite frankly, corporate finance and accounting, it's one of those courses where really you can learn a lot of stuff, you know, CapEx, Cap this. And I tell them, look, this is corporate finance accounting for lawyers. It's not corporate finance accounting for investment advisors, <laughs> right. you know, for CFOs. Right. Okay, this is this is what it's for. And so that is, uh, uh, you know, so that's what makes I, I, I think, unique. Right. And do you plan on continuing to teach? Oh, absolutely. The, the other, the, it's a... Teaching is a great thing, especially, you know, as you're dealing with millennials. Uh, I mean, you get them when their minds are flexible. You know, okay. they're, they're, they're not into, well, you know, groupthink as millennials or whatever. But in, in, in a classroom setting, uh, you know, there's some doctrine stuff that we try to teach, you know, mm-hmm. some basics. But then they have a, a different take on it, you, you know, just because they're, they're first, I, it's hard to explain. Just a, they just have a different way of looking at things. And so and, and I don't want to turn into a fossil. You know, right, as, no. as I get older, right. you know, and so, so I would I, think one of the unintended consequences of being around these young people is it does probably challenge your yeah, thinking a little bit, right? right. Keeps they, you relevant, right? Challenges your assumptions. How uh-huh. did you come to the conclusions that you've reached? Right. Are, are those still relevant in today's, uh, you know, techno world? And do they fly? Because sometimes what right. people would accept before, I might find this, the uh, millennial generation questions deeper than previous generations. Might right. Have. So, and I don't know how much older some of your clients are than maybe the students that are in your classroom since you're working with early stage companies a lot right well it's really interesting with early stage companies i'm I'm finding over the last uh, year or so i have a number of of new clients entrepreneurs that are in their 50s oh wow okay you know yeah and too young to uh Old enough to retire, but too young to retire, kind right, of. Thing, right, 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 right. There, it's uh, and 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 then I'm trying to bring in some of the thoughts of, of what you know the younger generation is bringing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And 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 we have some good good conversations about that. Wow. You're like at a nexus, then you're like bringing the, you're connecting the older people with the younger yeah, people. Yeah, I, I feel like Look a modem. That's what it is. Okay, modem, ladies right. and gentlemen, for the millennials. That, <laughs> right, that's right. A, that's an arcade piece of the. Okay, so if someone would like to learn more about you and your law law practice where would they how would they find you where would you suggest they go john oh, well they can just take a look at my website ohashi law oh yeah dot com. okay that's awesome well thank you for being here on the radio show and spending 20 minutes with us sharing a bit about your professional background and your business it's been enjoyable i've been looking forward to seeing you again oh thank you rick it's been, and welcome to the critical mass community and uh, thanks for being a friend of the program oh my pleasure okay i'd like to thank paul roberts Uh, Always in the chair there, Paul Roberts, who's our producer for this show each and every week. Our other producers, who we couldn't do the show without, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, let's start with LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. My company's website is criticalmass4business.com. If you're listening to us live or recently close to this live appearance here of John Ahashi, I want to let you know that my third book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats will be available on Amazon.com on March 29th. So if you're looking for a good read about how unintended consequences can 
ravage business performance and affect employee morale, I hope you'll consider buying either a Kindle version, a paperback version, or an audiobook audible version of Killing Cats Leads to Rats. Until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.